0: hi i'm scott and i'm seth and i'm lena and we are track walking tonight we've got lena lena chin Who races GLTC, who used to race Honda Challenge, who that's about all I really know about you, which will be fun to get to know you better. But how are you doing, Lena? I'm great. How are you guys? Oh my God, I forgot. Two-time race winning, Lena Chen. Thank
1: you. Thank you.
0: That's right. (laughs) We even talked about that at Lime Rock and I totally forgot to use that for your intro.
1: Um, no worries.
0: No worries. Um so you're our first interview back after our pretty extensive break. So we're a little rusty. But I usually like to start with where I first met you because that's when the world starts for me. And that was AMP beginning mm-hmm. of 2022, right? That was last year.
1: It was last year, yeah.
0: God, that I got hooked like real quick. Such a long time ago.
1: <laughs>
0: and Brian Defries knew about you because you were from Honda Challenge.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you showed up with a red Prelude?
1: You Got it, yeah. And I was like, racing uh, my red Prelude, not in Honda Challenge in Florida, unfortunately, because um, the field just didn't exist, but uh, ST5. So, um my home track was sebring i had didn't done daytona and um like homestead and stuff like that so
0: so you used to live in florida but you don't anymore right
1: i'm in the process of moving i'm actually still here in florida unfortunately but um and it is so hot i am sweating um yeah i'm clearing out my shop that i've been in for 11 years that has a lift and um a assortment of tools and parts and going through it all I found so much I, I have like a BMW E36 lightweight flywheel for some reason I have um, a Honda um, multi-port fuel injection for like an EF Civic kit just sitting here cool. I found a Willwood brake kit cool. so yeah it's been fun kind of digging through my past and kind of remembering where I pulled <laughs> all these parts from and and trying to sort through it and either give it away or sell it
0: <laughs> so here okay here's my quick theory then because i've done this a few times as well is when i pick out parts that are like not applicable to anything that i am or have done for a while i'll pick up the part and like it's not a part all of a sudden it becomes a memory do you have this where it's like you pick it up and it's like oh that's from this car and i got to do this with it and i remember this about it Does that happen with you?
1: Oh, 100%. 100%. Like I have these, what is it? Solex locks. And I sat there for five minutes trying to figure out where these locks came from. Because it's not something I would buy. They're like the round barrel locks. And then I finally remembered I had purchased a E86. And it was like in the trunk. And just thinking, oh, well, this would be worth money at some point. (laughs) And so I just put it away in a box. Completely forgot about it. And Mm. just found it, you know, last month. And I was like where did this come from so then i kind of reminisce the process and trip of getting that a86 and bringing it home and everything that kind of went along with that so
0: how long ago was that oh gosh
1: i had that about 8 years ago <laughs> i found it in um about 2 hours south in fort myers before all the big storms destroyed that place twice
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh thankfully and um yeah i think it was my sister's graduation party so Drove down there, picked up the car, and then drove that car to my sister's graduation, which was a surprise for my family, and then afterwards and brought it home. So, like I said, good memories from just, you know, finding this box
0: of locks. <laughs> do, do padlocks appreciate, like, can you sell, sell those for a
1: <laughs> These were, like, door locks. They, they changed the oh. door lock from, you know, your standard key to these, like, high... Um, was it like high defense blocks apparently? But yeah.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: <laughs> cool. So yeah. we should do we should we should go back then. How how like why are you how why? Wow. <laughs> why are you into cars at all? Who did this to you?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Yeah. Uh, if you were to take it all the way back, it's probably my dad took me to Sebring for the twelve hours in 1993. So I was like seven years old. Don't do the math, please. And um,
2: <laughs> that's okay. I was in high school, so we're yeah, fine. <laughs> we're older. You're fine.
1: And um, and we were watching the GTP cars go by, and um, I. I think Greg Kramer was actually the commentator at the track at the time, which is kind of a funny cross story. And um, yeah, just kind of really liked it, came home. We started watching like Formula One and stuff. So I was big into like watching Senna and Mansell and um, uh, Prost and all all the kind of 90s greats race. I was like, wow, that's really cool. And um, kind of snowballed from there, um, honestly. (laughs) So your, but how, do you, how do
2: you time. go from watching Formula One to going, yeah, I can do that? Because most people don't make that leap.
1: So for me, um, my parents had a uh, mechanic. So we had old German BMWs, like 80s BMWs and Mercedes. And almost like clockwork, they would break every two weeks. So we. So, we'd always go to the mechanic shop, and he had go karts. And I saw these go karts with Yamaha KT100s on it. And I was like, that is the coolest thing ever. I want to do that. So, I, um, I started saving out birthday money, Christmas money, whatever I could to try to afford getting a, a go kart and like going through the catalog and picking out parts and all that stuff. I, I don't know. I was a bit of a strange child, I guess. But, um, yeah, I just, I wanted to save the money to start kart racing because I, I would kind of heard that that's where, um, racers get their, their start from.
2: And you happen to live in a part of the world that had kart tracks and kart racing and all that stuff was near you?
1: Somewhat. Yeah. So in Florida, the closest track was, um, it was kind of like, um, an oval with a little infield that's not Daytona. It's a much smaller course, but, um, You know, our mechanic invited us out to one of these races and I saw them doing it. I was like, okay, I wanna do that. What's funny is, I saw the four strokes, I was like, I don't wanna do that. I don't like the sound. I like the two stroke carts because they're high pitched, like Formula One cars. So, um, yeah, once I saw that there was a place close by to do it, um, I was all in. Uh, Unfortunately, when I finally had enough money saved to have like a used go kart, like just the cheapest whatever I could find. I tell my parents, hey, I have enough money. They're like, yeah, we don't really have the time. That's money for your first car. So I didn't even get to go go-karting after saving literally years to try to do this.
0: When and um, when did you start versus when did the bad news come?
1: I, pr- I started probably when I was like eight. I'd saved until I was probably 11 or 12. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's a long time to save for a kid. That's it's some long-term long. thinking that most race car drivers don't aren't capable of.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. the the um, The want was bad, so I just you know I I relied on the catalogs and National Karting News, which was an old magazine, to kind of keep me going at the time.
0: Yeah, I remember. I remember that name. Yeah. So you
2: had this money saved, and your parents said, "No, that's for your first car." What was your first car?
0: Oh.
1: So um, I had been reading Sport Compact Car at that time,
2: and, oh, as we uh, all did. So as good. we
1: all did back then, great, great, great magazine. And um, I kind of it was like in between, like I, I was thinking like an Integra or like um, E.G.'s Civic, something along those time. Uh, maybe like an MR2. I couldn't get like a top tier, you know, Japanese car. There mm-hmm. was no Supras or RX7s in my future. No. But I was looking around and uh, me and my dad had been modifying his Infiniti i30, which is the Japanese Nissan safiro mm-hmm. So we did like intake, we did like um, springs, like he was getting me into modifying cars. And um, I guess they thought I would want that. But then they said they would take all my, you know, the money that I had saved. I was like, well, if I'm going to spend all that money, I don't want that car. It, it's nice, but it's a four-door family sedan, Right. I was like, I want something different. And a few months prior, I had saw that sports compact car had an article on swapping an SR20 DET into a Nissan 240 SX. And I looked at it and I was like, that'd be cool. Like turbo engine. I was actually looking at getting Eclipse, but I was like, this is a turbo engine, rear wheel drive. Like, mm-hmm. yes, like I want to do this. And you know, they broke down the pricing and everything. And I was like, I think it's doable. So my first car, which I still have, I'm glad to say to this day, is a um, S13 um, hatchback. Uh, it did have a uh, single cam KA originally, had an SR for years. Now it has an LS1. So,
0: Look at you. Still have your first car. That That doesn't happen very often, I don't feel like. Especially in the track world, most people get their first car and... They enjoy it for a while, but they inevitably sell it, wreck it, or something happens to it along the way. And they just kind of move on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel pretty lucky that I still have it.
0: (laughs) What is it about that car? Like, do you, how often do you still drive it?
1: So, um, if I'm completely honest, it's not in the best driving state. It's actually going to get shipped up to ASM to go get worked on shortly. Um, But for the time being, um, it does run, it does somewhat drive. Um, Some things that happened, life kind of got in the way. Uh, I dropped, um, didn't actually, well, I literally just dropped a valve while I was trying to check the valve seals into the cylinder so then that made it sit for a while um until i could kind of take the head off and put the valve back in and then um the clutch went so just some small stuff that had kind of kept it from running for a bit um but i do still start it like once a month just to kind of keep the oil flowing keep everything somewhat fresh yeah uh, so the gas doesn't sit too long but yeah I'm, i'm excited to get it back on the road Like I said, life kind of got in the way. And then once I started racing, then it really got pushed to the back burner. But I still have it. So I'm proud to say that.
0: Good. (laughs) So you got the S13 when you were how old? 15. Okay. So right about that time, did you end up driving that around for a few years? Yes. Okay.
1: Um, so never drove it with the KA. I bought. You have to understand, I bought this thing for like 1200 bucks. The driver's seat didn't have a back portion to it. It, it was just the bottom. <laughs> so it was kind of like, it's it a was adultery. a little bit of a junker at the beginning, but me and my dad put a lot of time and effort into it, uh, and I'll send you a picture, and um, put it in the SR20, and then for my end of junior and senior year of high school, I drove it. That was my car, and I actually took it to college. So I drove it daily probably for a solid six years before it kind of got relegated. And I put the LS and I got a, you know, they say the best thing for your quote unquote race car is a daily to kind of, so you're not having to constantly work on something to, to keep it on the road every weekend. Yep. And, um, and then it started sitting a little more, but yeah, I, I was a daily driver
0: for six years. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Did did you go down the rabbit hole of you get a daily driver, but then you start modifying your daily driver?
1: Hundred percent. Okay. Hundred <laughs> percent. I just,
0: I just saw uh, Austin Hurdle very quickly go through that. He just got that <laughs> new BMW. Was it like an M2, maybe? M2, yep, that's yeah. what he got. He's like, yeah, I'm just I'm not going to modify it, something. Then he brings it out to a track battle event and all of a sudden he's like, <laughs> yep, doing new wheels, tires, suspension, looking for a new daily. It's like, good lord, that was <laughs> six months? Month, yeah, maybe.
1: Maybe not, a month. Yeah, that that was, was funny to see too. I knew yeah. that was
0: going to happen though.
1: You can't, I mean, it's an M2, right?
0: Like, Yeah. And once you give, you know, A pretty uh, talented wheel to wheel racer, you know, who used to do time attack. All of a sudden, he's like, oh, hey, I can go do time attack again, too. (laughs) Uh. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: definitely see that. He's getting that time attack itch again, kind of like Houghton's got that, too, where he was at Lime Rock doing what? Did he do three classes at Lime Rock?
0: He did did at least two. Street, street mod.
1: Track Rod, track rat,
0: club TR. Oh, yeah, club TR and street, I think, were the two. Okay, and then uh, obviously GLTC, yeah, because why not? You know, I mean, if if he had his Integra, uh, I'm sure that would have been there as well, so
1: without a doubt.
0: (laughs) So you had this uh, S13 running swapped into college now were you born and raised in florida
1: oh god no thankfully i was uh (laughs) i was born in new york lived there for um for the first part of my life and then went back every summer okay um and so like florida was definitely kind of a little foreign to me but um you know i am no snow so there's always racing and stuff we used to um take our cars during hurricanes because everyone gets off the road yep. and we would set up little hurricane gymkhana courses in very large parking lots so you know we wouldn't have to worry about any traffic or anything but me and my friends would sit out there in the rain so we were not using up tires find some good blacktop set up some cones and and do like an impromptu uh, gymkhana course so that was kind of fun
0: so I, I lived in florida just long enough to experience this phenomena um hurricanes for the most part are just super boring um Mm -hmm. just you can't really go very far power usually turns out so you're stuck like sitting around reading books or like if you're lucky enough to have a generator maybe watching some movies and eating all the ice cream and frozen food because it's going (laughs) to thaw anyway like it's typical like best case scenario it's super boring um
1: was, yeah the, the best time i think was college uh because we would do hurricane parties so if it was less than a category yeah. three we didn't care we would yes. go get a keg before the before the hurricane started and then we'd all just get together and just there you go you know we didn't we didn't have any cares at that point
0: that's amazing <laughs> um so what's so how did you broach driving on track from just liking cool cars
1: Yeah, um, I guess my path was, it was late, but uh, I did drifting and autocross, which isn't technically track driving. But then after that, I got into karting in my mid-20s, which kind of got me used to the wheel-to-wheel portion of racing. Um, And then started doing some track days. So I I worked at uh, Braille Battery. And um, sure. you know, most of the people working there were racers. So we um, we would get together and and go do a track a chin track day or whatever at Sebring. So I had a E forty six M three at the time and and kind of worked my way up HPDE a little bit that way too. Um,
2: what carts were you racing?
1: Uh, so I had a arrow with a Rotax Rotex um, one twenty five. Okay.
0: So those are fun yeah those are fun yeah
1: it was super fun super fun um yeah and we have a ton of good car tracks and we actually have um some of the some of the current indycar drivers were racing with me at that time um like kyle kirkwood um there was a few others i can't think of right now. oliver Askew. you a lot of these people are racing professionally now so it's kind of cool to look back thanks
2: We've had that the a group of those guys come over. Um, Scott Speeds, the the team that his family runs out of yes. Florida there. They mm-hmm. come over to um when they run the big national events at the go-kart track that's right by my house. So I've gotten I've been out there riding motorcycles before and like Scott Speed's dad is out there talking to me about motorcycles and and then they took their pit bikes out on track afterwards. And so like super friendly guys. I actually really, really like the Florida guys when they come over um to drive because they've been a really really neat crew
1: yeah yeah that's that's awesome yeah me and scott speed actually we hung out once we um he was doing um global rallycross if you remember that
0: yeah oh yeah
1: um so the event was in daytona but he wanted to visit his brother at that cart track in ocala so we all jumped in the car together and drove from daytona to ocala ran some carts did a couple sessions and then went back to uh to GRC afterwards. So that was pretty cool to spend some time. He was super down to earth. You wouldn't think that, you know, I mean, the guy raced Formula One at one point, you know? Right, right. So it was just kind of cool to see and, and talk to him.
2: It's a pretty small world once you get in the guys who do karting and IndyCar and,
0: and a lot of that stuff. They all know each other. Um, totally. It's, it's it's pretty neat. <laughs> they uh, they did yeah. a interview with Scott Speed on... I forget one of the F1 podcasts and it was interesting to hear him talk about himself while he was in F1 and how big of a cocky asshole he thought that he was while he drove formula one. And that mm-hmm. basically that's why he believes he never really succeeded is because he thought he just couldn't really learn anything. Um, mm. So yeah that was interesting. If if you've got time, I'd encourage you to go look that one up. That was that was a cool one. Should
1: listen to that. That sounds like a good one for sure.
0: What did um? What you do at Braille while you were there?
1: Uh, I was kind of operations manager, so we would you know I would kind of set up the the lines for the different battery builds. Um, probably one of the cooler stories was I was watching F one one weekend and. Um, I can say now because they don't exist anymore, but Marusha was one of our customers. And I saw them wreck each other out in the race, and it was a pretty bad wreck. Mm. So I kind of knew that they would need some new batteries at that point. So that Sunday, before they were even, you know, they were still at the track, I had already put into the log like, hey, we need four new F1 batteries from Marusha. And sure enough, on Monday morning, they call me. It was their afternoon. Yeah. But they're like, hey, we need that. I was like, don't worry about it. I already have it on, in production. It'll be to you by the end of the week for the next race. And they were like, thank you. It's like, no problem. I hope you get the cars fixed. <laughs> That's
0: amazing. <So>. That's cool. <laughs> um, well, so I'm just connecting the dots between when you were eight years old trying to save up for carts and then. 15 plus years later you finally buy and go karting like was that as cool of an experience as it sounds like having to wait that long and finally being able to to go out as it sounds like
1: yeah i think it definitely makes you appreciate it a lot a lot um i i think had I been able to do it at eight, I don't know how much I would have stuck with it. I kind of have bad ADHD. So half the reason why my parents didn't like me getting into anything is because they always felt like I was kind of never stick to anything, but I was, you know, young trying to discover what I really enjoy and stuff. But I think certainly waiting, you know, had an effect as far as appreciation for being there and kind of, you know, um, I don't want to say sticking with it, but just, you know, like, Really being like, wow, I'm finally getting to do this. Like after all this time, like going through schooling and getting a job and being able to really afford it, it was, um, it felt special. And even this whole last season, uh, in GLTC has felt the same way. Like I feel so, so lucky that I'm able to hang out with you guys and, you know, go out and do something that I am so, uh, so passionate about.
0: So you went from karting to drifting, which I still think is very cool. And then still in Florida at this point. Um, I'm trying to remember. Where did you say that you tried competition next?
1: Um, I Let's see. Oh, well, then I moved over to Champ Park. So, um, some friends from high school had a champ car team. I think someone got sick and they decided to, they're like, Hey, if you can make it, you don't have to pay anything. I wasn't making much money. They're like, um, if you can make it, you have a free seat. Um, and this was champ car 20, well, it was chump car back then. Mm It was 2015 road, road Atlanta. Very cold. Um, And I was like, I don't even care what it is. Like, yeah, I want to do some some wheel to wheel racing. So I I jumped at the chance. And um, funny enough, none of them were really that great at being mechanics. So the fact that I knew how to work on cars, um, as the car would break, I would help either fix it or tell them what to do to fix it. And um, they were like, hey, if you want to, you know, basically take care of the car, crew it, we'll just keep on giving you free seats. So I did that for a few years. And just you know got to race basically champ car for for the labor of me keeping the car going
0: Thing
2: okay what tracks did you get to race during that time
1: um so we did cmp uh daytona a lot of sebring and road atlanta they they really couldn't go out of the southeast too easily but um but yeah we we did all the majors down here so
0: that's awesome yeah, and then I assume from there you kind of got the bug and needed to uh, keep doing it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I noticed that I was always the fastest in the car a Champ Car. Um, I had a couple epic battles with Randy Pope's, which was a lot of fun. And we've, then um, we've heard stories. I was trying to find. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I was trying to find the next next thing for me. So I was like, I kind of want to do sprint racing. Um, to get to kind of get me going, so I can see how I do individually. So I think our best finish in class with the Miata was like fourth, and um, I was like, I think I can do better. So um, this this uh, prelude kind of fell into my lap. Um, I don't know how much you know about it, but it was an ex IMSA prelude back when IMSA was smaller. Oh,
0: nice.
1: So um, it was a factory car sold to a team for I think a dollar it could never be registered, but the VIN number was like zero, 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 three. So it was like one of the first ones in the country and, um, only had 10,000 miles, but all of it was racing miles. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, needed a, it, was needed a heavy rebuild, but I kind of took it on because I got a good price on it and decided to take it racing in NASA and Florida.
2: Did it have, like, super fancy IMSA parts on it?
1: Some. Like, it had uh, Penske remote res um, shocks. The engine... I don't want to give away all the secrets, but...
0: um, (laughs) Do you still have the car or did you end up selling it? Sorry, go ahead. Do you still have the car or did you end up selling it? I sold it to build the S2000. Okay, yep. I thought so. so.
1: Um... They had taken the cam gears and they put aftermarket ones on, which weren't legal in the class, but they would time it on the dyno to try to find the best power band. And then once they figured out how to time it, they took blank cam gears from Honda, had them rekeyed with the extra degrees of advance and then put on. So it looks like factory cam gears, but it had more power than stock. So I think that engine, it was an H23. It wasn't even an H22. It did not have VTEC. I was shocked. Now I'd put a better header on, but, you know, didn't tune it. Better header. And I think the highest power that thing that H23 made was 190 horsepower, which is like almost unheard of for a non-VTEC yeah, on the big block engine. That's
0: strong.
1: So, um wasn't enough to do well at aMP, but it it was it was a blast down here in Florida
0: did <laughs> you ever been to AMP before we raced there?
1: no, that was the first time I'd ever been there
0: I, lo- I like that track very much yeah
1: that was a blast that was a really cool track like the elevation, the long sweeper and mixed conditions that was that was a really really good event I mean like I said i I instantly got hooked with, you know.
0: Yeah, I think that was the last time I could actually beat you. Um, <laughs> was at that track in your Prelude, and ever since you got your S two thousand and been uh, getting more seat time in that. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been trying to keep up with you ever since. What? <laughs> um, so I find it interesting that you've been like in terms of racing discipline, you've done quite a bit. You've done karting, you've done. Um autocross, right? You had done some autocross mm-hmm. by this point. Yep. You done endurance racing, sprint racing. As you were going through these, like did you always know like wheel-to-wheel sprint was it? Or did you were you just trying things as you got the opportunity?
1: I I always thought wheel to wheel would be it. Actually, I always hoped that i would get into open wheel uh wheel to wheel because that was kind of my first passion but
0: formula one right you know
1: yeah <laughs> this, everyone's dream right like i'm a good driver i could get to formula one um i don't think i yeah, could keep my uh, head
0: upright in a formula one car let alone <laughs> i know right if i could just sit in one at this point i'd be happy um but yeah,
1: I, I always liked wheel-to-wheel. Um, drifting was fun with friends. I, I honestly really enjoy doing some tandem drifting. Um, just hanging out, though. The competition side of drifting is a little rough for me. I've seen how much people struggle with that and, and the subjectivity of it. So I, I kind of definitely like the clock being the deciding factor. Um, but yeah, the, the autocross was to get um, just kind of at the limit driving experience um, the karting was great but it is so physical like it is it is so rough on your body that I, I honestly don't even like it that much because of that reason um, which which makes me question how much I'd actually like wheel to wheel open wheel because that has a lot of g-forces too so I think I found this nice little medium of wheel to wheel in uh, closed cockpit cars yeah. <laughs>
0: what have you found to be the, I don't want to say like pros and cons list, but what have you found about like, what is it about wheel to wheel for you that itches your brain just right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it is the
0: high speed game
1: of chess. It is seeing how you can kind of outbreak someone into a corner Take them, um, you know, find grip where others aren't finding it. Um, kind of the head games, the pressure, the kind of mental aptitude needed to really do well in wheel-to-wheel—that gets me. I, I don't, I don't get that with time trials or um, like autocross. It doesn't, it doesn't scratch that same itch that being there next to someone and being like, okay, I'm gonna take you into this corner. And, you know, I want us both to come out on the other side, but I expect me to come out on the other side in front of you.
0: (laughs) Spoken like a wheel-to-wheel racer. Perfect. Yeah. (laughs) I'll I'll tell you what, though. The A and B main races at Lime Rock Park, Mm -hmm. watching you and Hans and Alex and uh, Sam up front and B screw a like front of b's where it's at that was a lot of fun to watch that was cool
1: it it honestly kind of reminded me i was just watching some old 2019 video from mid ohio gltc and it it had a lot of that feel to it like a lot of space given for passes yes. and and yeah it was very very comfortable I, I have to admit like it was a lot of fun with the with the ab racing and I, i'm sure they're going to keep it i would be very surprised if they get rid of it um but yeah um thank you it was the b races were a lot of fun
0: yeah yeah it did it did feel like which is weird to say about gltc because it is so a quite a young series but it does feel like og gltc which yeah i think is uh not a dirty word i think that's i think that's cool
1: for sure for sure
0: i agree with that so if if i can ask you you mentioned earlier um that you have adhd how does that impact driving car prep car selection like how 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 does that affect the the car hobby for you
1: um I, in some ways, I think it's good because you can kind of multi, I can multitask a little better. So trying to figure out, you know, what needs to be done. Um, I think part of the reason why I love racing so much is because you have to concentrate. Um, so, you know, I mean, you're using a lot of mental power. It's, it almost requires that focus that it gives you because there's so much at stake right especially at tracks like walk or lime rock where where the walls are really close you are mm. having to really concentrate so it it's almost like allows you to focus more so than the rest of my life when i'm just kind of all over the place
0: because um, of the stakes say that again because of the stakes of it
1: yeah because of the stakes and and situational and everything like i when I'm racing, that's all I'm thinking about. Um, I don't have the chance to think about, oh, did you know, I don't don't actually do this, but did I leave the oven on or, you know, like the million other things in day to day life where it's really hard to, to concentrate on just doing a single task for me, because there's just so much going on when I'm in the car. It's literally just the car. And I'm worried about finishing as best as I can in there. So
0: so it's almost like a quiet, like it's a quieter place for you.
1: It is as loud as it is in the car. It is, it is much quieter and it's a this reprieve that I, I can't seem to find anywhere else in my life.
0: Yeah, we um, should probably do an entire episode or series on flow, but that's one of the requirements to get into a flow state is there have to there has to be something at stake. There has to be something of consequence happening. Um, you can't really just be walking down the street and trying to dodge cracks. Like, it's there's just, there's nothing happening. Like, there's no scoreboard to it. There's no time. There's no, like, risk associated with it you know, there has to be typically some risk and something at stake in order for flow to happen. Mhm. 100%. Does it um like as you're preparing for events or like as you're picking out things to do with the car next and figuring out like even what direction to go like with the f- small fleet of cars that you have or have had in the past (laughs) um is it just as easy to make a decision on those or like how when you're not in the car but you're thinking about the hobby how does that play into it
1: uh i notice i have to be much more intentional I i can certainly be all over the place like oh i need to build a splitter oh i need to finish the wiring this and that so um, I started figuring out that I, I would keep a whiteboard with me at all times. And this way, anytime I thought of something, instead of immediately switching over to do you know, this or that, I would put it on the whiteboard and make sure it kind of got checked off that way. So that way it kind of let my mind, if I was working on something, like I, I had so many issues with the brakes in this prelude um, that you know there was other stuff that needed to get done on the car, but it was just like, instead of forgetting about it, which you know you don't want to do especially with a race car. I would just put it on the whiteboard, put a little box next to it, and then get the satisfaction of when I could get to it, check it off.
0: Uh, so I love um, a good check. You know, mark. it
1: taught me some some good organizational skills, I guess. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I should I should get an actual whiteboard. I usually do like a large sheet of paper or something, but whiteboards usually work better. I like a good check mark too. It's real satisfying. You get one of the wide, fat ones. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's nice. (laughs) So, why the jump
2: between the Prelude and the S two thousand?
1: That's a good question. Um, I it came down last year. I was like, I knew I after doing AMP with GLTC. I was like, I know this is where I want to be racing. And I knew I wanted something to be competitive, like the prelude in its current, in its state that it was in when I raced at AMP was not it. And um, Andy and team were there with ASM. And um, there was, there was Micaiah with his K-men. So I was just kind of looking around. It kind of, I did a bunch of spreadsheets and I was like, all right, well, I could K24 the prelude but no one really sells a great kit for that. And I would still be chasing these issues that I have with the car. Um, I had considered looking at a Cayman, which I did in New York. and um, But I had the Bosch Motorsports ABS, which isn't allowed in GLTC. Mm-hmm. So um, I was kind of like, well, that's out. And then I just, I kind of happened to contact Andy on a whim. He had just put out the videos on T3 and building that. And I was like, hey, Andy, um, how, just out of pure curiosity how much you know are you thinking it would cost to build a GLTC um S2000 and he kind of gave me a number which i was shocked at but not in a bad way actually in a very good way and um and then i was like uh so i hemmed and hawed for a little bit but in the end i i kind of decided i was like i'd seen how well they did with it last year before it kind of got nerfed by all the rules and, uh, and I was like, yeah, I, th- I was like, I've, I've seen the S2000 do really well. It is a good trainer. Like, I, I love the design, like the looks. I've, ha- I've had street S2000, so I kind of knew the driving dynamics and stuff. And I was like, I think this is my next move. So kind of just pulled the trigger, had him build me an S2000.
0: Did you get any practice time, like? Did you get to do a practice event before your first GLTC weekend in it, or did you? So first weekend
1: was Coda. I was supposed to do Barber. Um, There's a bunch of people who did the the GLTC winter vacation getaway at Barber, and um, unfortunately, I just had surgery in November, and I asked my doctor, and he advised against doing that. So uh, no. The answer is, I jumped into this brand new car at uh, Coda GLTC round one, and I said, "Let's do this." And
0: <laughs> well, after seeing what happened at Barber, it's, it might not have been the worst thing if you hadn't have gone. So, yeah. But uh, <laughs> what were your impressions at Coda first time out?
1: It was it was interesting. It it was a little bit. I think I went off twice in the first practice session. So I think it was still a little edgier than I was expecting. I was kind of, I had been in the Prelude and like E92 M3s, E46 M3s prior to that, where if you put in a little bit of slip angle, it doesn't want to instantly snap back on you. So just kind of getting used to the car, it took a little bit to, to warm up. It felt great. Like I was very happy with the car. I, I thought it was great. But I, I guess I just wasn't used to the S2000 at the absolute um, edge versus when I had a street S2000, and it felt like you know you felt like a a driving demigod. So um, yeah, it was it was a learning experience, but it it was um, it was a lot of fun. I was kind of surprised how low it felt on power compared to how the other cars were pulling on me, though. I really would have thought that it would have more of a, a go but if you kind of lose mid- corner speed within a 2000 like you you're sitting duck on the streets after
0: same what's up <laughs> <laughs> living that case swap me out of life yeah min speed's your friend and if you don't have it you'll you'll still get jumped off the corner even if you have good men speed so yeah it's yeah I definitely
1: thing. uh definitely found that out this year.
0: Yeah. So. <laughs> so what's been um well you did more than amp last year didn't you i feel like you came to another event
1: so i went to heartland but that, that was, cool. was just to kind of see you guys and check out the cars a little bit closer because when i was at amp i didn't really get to check out the asms 2000s at that point yeah um so yeah it was amp or sorry um Harlan was just a party for me, which was that was a blast. I I love that paddock party that we yeah. had that yeah. That yeah.
0: That was a good weekend. Yeah. That's a good weekend. Um for sure. so had last or this season, still this season. Are you are you going to Laguna? I am not. Okay. I get it. I'm not going either. It's fine. Um <laughs> it's a lot of money. It's real far away. <laughs>
1: It is. It is. I, I kind of wish that they were doing something in the Midwest to kind of cap off the season so that we could all go there. Same. Um, but I think, you know, especially after throwing Road America, which was a blast, but throwing that in as a branch, I was kind of like, that, that kind of took my Laguna money pretty quick.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, things happened to me at Road America and kind of, yeah. kind of nerf the rest I'm of sorry. the GLT season. Uh, yeah still haven't touched it uh so it's there it'll get worked on here's a question for you 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 mentioned that in the in the chump car team that you kind of found yourself that like you were the mechanic and here you are having andy build your car for you is that like do you have a control problem or like were you fine like letting him do all that
1: so it's funny, like I would normally say I do have a control problem. Like I've never really had mechanics work on any of my cars other than people I knew personally or had seen the work that they've done. Um, and, and it was few and far between, literally, my entire life. I'd pretty much worked on all my cars myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I had seen, I'd actually borrowed some tools from Andy at AMP, is actually how I met him. Um, because my radiator started leaking. I don't know if you remember that, but I don't. yeah, he was super generous with that. And, um, uh, I watched his videos on YouTube and I saw the way he worked and I was like, this is, you know, I could almost tell that he works the same way I do. Like, we'll get it done. We'll get it done as best as possible, but it might not be absolutely, you know, perfect, which is a whole different level but certainly like race worthy, race ready and everything. And, um, and I was like, yes, like I, I can see that I can trust him to work on my car without me having to worry about the quality of it, which I've seen so much, you know, like I've, I've worked for a bunch of shops here in Florida and I I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to, I'm certainly not going to call anyone out, but some of the work I've seen out of these shops has been less than, than optimal. The way I put it.
0: Yeah. I've, (laughs) I've uh, been around Florida. I know some of those shops. Uh, some of them don't exist anymore. So, um, yeah, actually lived in Claremont. I'm not sure if you know where that is. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Super but, uh, close to Orlando. Yep.
0: So. Super central. The only hilly part of Florida that exists, which yeah. is super yeah. strange. But so, how'd the season go for you in your new light? Blue and pink livery car. <laughs> Did you pick those colors, or was it was that your choice?
1: Those were my choices. Okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, it, it was very intentional. Um, I I kind of want to represent the uh, LGBT community, so the the light nice. blue and pink colors were chosen for that reason. Very good. Um, uh, yeah, um, the season went pretty well. Um, I kind of set goals out for myself. I wanted a top ten finish, uh, which I accomplished at CMP. You and peaked, um, peaked early. You know, I early. Yes, that was early, which was that was that was nice. Got that um, cat off my back. And um, what else did I set out? I, you know, I just I wanted to do well. I wanted to, to show well. And although I thought I would do better with the tools given to me because it's the car is you know 100 percent capable um it taught me that there's definitely still more i can work on as as a driver and, and getting comfortable with the car so to be fair other than the gltc races we went to i did one other test day at autobahn so i haven't i still haven't had a ton of time in this car mm-hmm. um i think as i get more comfortable with it um and and it's kind of nuanced characteristics and there's a few parts i'm planning on doing in the off season uh i i hope to have a, a little better showing next year so what
0: what 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 are you doing <laughs> what are you doing to it?
1: i don't want to give away
0: my secret nos you got nitrous
1: <laughs> just there, don't there just don't be some yeah just don't go as of big
0: of a bottle as uh andy decided to do at uh the uh was it the UMI, big autocross? Did you- oh, King <laughs> of the Mountain. Yeah, King, King of the, of the Mountain. Mountain. Did you watch that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. That was a spectacular engine failure.
1: That <laughs> <It> was amazing.
0: <laughs> we texted him.
1: I was like, "How much did you just try putting through the engines?
0: <laughs> more like a bit too much. Yep. So more than he had yeah. previously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, he's he kind of
1: wanted to go big, go home, and um. And the engine the engine said, I'm tired, boss.
0: Yep. Yeah, he po- I don't think I ever told you this, Seth. He actually posted the some of the logs in the chat from oh, did he? from the <laughs> run. And you can see that the nitrous hits like there was a short one to get going and then nothing and then the long one for like the, the kind of straightaway and then you can you can see things go poorly right at the end of it. It's, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> That car was quick though, like visibly fast.
2: Hey, I love yeah. that they try stuff like that. They're like, "All right, so
0: it's legal. Yeah, let's do it." Yeah. What's yeah? What's the easiest way to make this car faster straight line? <laughs> it's not a bigger turbo, dude. Did,
1: were you there to watch the uh, the Jeremy Swenson versus Andy race at uh, Harland?
0: I did. Yes, yes, that was good too.
1: Yeah, it was the last time the car sprayed.
0: Yeah, that was. I'm trying to remember. Swinson won that though, didn't he?
1: By a hair. I think it was like a tenth or two. It was it was closer yeah. than I think we were expecting.
0: Yes. Yeah, I was expecting Jeremy to get more of a launch off the line. Um Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. They was they good. bet like a crispy dollar or something on that, didn't they?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think they made a little, little bet.
0: Yeah, so, uh, yeah, the Sunday so Cup cool. races were really fun to watch there too. Mm-hmm. I guess they said that they're not doing the uh, the drag racing with Gridlife Life at Heartland this year because there's like some actual drag racing event going on there or something.
1: Oh, how is, is that going to work? Because like the entrance to the drag strip is part of the course.
0: I assume it's like only a nighttime thing maybe. Oh, okay. So that's super lame. Cause that was kind of a fun,
1: like. it was totally fun. Like it was like, yeah, we're going to race our cars. And then once the season's done, like let's go drag race it. Like, you know, I, I don't mean, want to drag race for real, but to go with my buddies against our cars that we've been racing all year. That sounds like
0: a blast. Yeah. Or like, let's bring our tow rigs like our tow vehicles like let's go drag race those because maybe that'd <laughs> be that too. Um, I, mean,
2: I just remember standing there i don't even remember whose kids i was standing next to but somebody was know. teaching like eight <laughs> was, and nine year olds how to adam. bet on drag racing it was, it was adam nielsen amazing
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i was teaching teaching his kids about like dollar bets for drag and <laughs> He wasn't doing as badly as he could have. So it was a, it was a good time. <laughs> but all right. So top seeker mods inbound for next year. Um, so. So you said. So, uh, I'm sorry. Let me back up here. You did CMP. You did Watkins. Right. Mm-hmm. Then Midwest Fest. Have you done yeah. pretty much all of them?
1: Pretty much, yes. Actually, I have done all of them. The only one I won't be doing is Laguna, but I did seven this year. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Had you been to all those tracks before?
1: So the only course I had actually been to on the actual physical course this year was CMP. Um, I had been to Coda for Formula One previously. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, all the courses were... Were brand new to me this year so other than cmp
0: were any of them less exciting than you had hoped were some of them a surprise to you is gingerman like the best racetrack you've ever done
1: <laughs> <laughs> i did enjoy gingerman more than i thought i would um people
0: talk shit about gingerman it. a lot <laughs> <laughs> which i understand
1: yeah um you know i i i think it's a great course to really not when you're wheel to wheel but if you're like practice qualifying to really kind of push the limits because there's really not much other than maybe a porta potty to hit out there
0: that's just um, rude it's disrespectful <laughs> <laughs> damn it was straight for the jugular that was beautiful <laughs> i should watch that video again it's it's been too long i need to humble myself
1: but no it it that was a lot of fun um i i think i was surprised how much i really enjoyed mid ohio yeah um i had i'd heard good things uh lime rock i always kind of knew i love those old classic race tracks just from you know they have so much character like watkins was amazing although very scary um especially in the wet Mm. But that was amazing. Uh, Road, Amer- Road America was the big surprise. I really thought I'd be bored at Road America.
0: Okay. Because
1: it's, you know, the streets are so long. But the kink was fabulous. I loved going through that forest section. It all kind of almost reminded me of, I haven't been there, but what I imagine uh, the ring being like. Oh, sure. You know, because you just have trees and, and you have people watching on the side. And um into Canada Corner. I I thought that course was actually a real surprise of how much fun it was. Hmm. Um, and got to do some bump drafting,
0: so that was cool. Oh, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> good for that. Yeah, I wish I hadn't have been struggling with the, uh, the oiling and engine issues like I was. I couldn't really enjoy much of that weekend and driving on track like I, I wanted to. But that track is... It's big. I've I've yet to go anywhere quite like it. It's a big one. It is big, yeah.
1: I mean, like oh, so Daytona is fairly big-ish too, like high-speed course. But Daytona Mm. is so boring compared to Road America. Like Road America, definitely, definitely like outshines Daytona by miles.
0: Mm. So nice. Okay. Are there? kind of looking at your performance this season, I know you said that you're going to be doing some upgrades, modifications on the S2K. Are you, what are the things that you find that you need to work on? Like as a driver here, let me ask Um, it this way. What's one or two things you feel like you need to work on, and what's one or two things you feel like you're pretty darn good at? This is
2: Coach Scott right here. Yes, he's gonna <laughs> he's, Man, he's giving, giving you coaching, coaching right thing. It's amazing.
1: Um, I'm pretty good at threshold breaking, but I would say brake release on some of the higher speed corners. I need to get a little better on. Okay. Um. And then just with the S2000 itself, when you get into the slip angle, it, it has this tendency to want to snap and I need to figure out how to control it better so that when I get there, which, you know, to find the limited grip, you kind of have to move past it. Um, making sure that the card doesn't feel as snappy as it does now.
0: Mm, okay.
1: Um, that those are probably my, my two big things. It, it's annoying as someone who used to drift that when I get into the slip angle, it wants to snap. I'm not used to that. Um, But I also think that part of it is chassis wise because, you know, Alex Pfeiffer um, tried drifting one in Formula D back. This was like when Formula D first started, I think it was 2005 or something. Um, And he could never get the car. He was a great driver, but he could never get the S2000 to, to handle the same way that like Sam Hubinette could get his Viper to, to drift, which so. is,
0: which is weird to say, cause Vipers aren't good drift cars either. I mean, that's, those are super short wheelbase f- for the amount of car there is too. I mean, that's, phew, that thing's cool though. I love me a Viper. Yeah.
1: He did, he did some really cool stuff with that for sure. Yeah. For
0: sure. So how do you how do you work on those things?
1: Um. Well, I do have my sim rig now. I have a pretty oh, nice. decent setup. So um. You know, especially with me moving, I will, I'm I'm not planning on doing much street driving, or I probably will be doing some track days around Audubon and stuff. So, was well, spoiler alert for anyone listening. I'm moving to Chicago. Hey. So if you're around, hit me up. I don't.
0: I don't have an um, air horn sound. Sorry, but. That's okay. <laughs> Yeah. Um
1: so yeah, just spending more time I think in the sim working on the brake release, checking out the traces, getting those times down on the courses that we race, uh, I think will be helpful. Um I I feel pretty comfortable with the way I battle wheel to wheel, so I don't think there's a ton in that. I think a lot of it is just just very much refining um the little bit of car control. Um I may be working on a little bit of wet racing if I can, if they ever release that, the weather pack.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Love me a good rain race. Yeah. I feel like it's about the only thing I'm halfway decent at some days. <laughs> so
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, nice. Okay. And then next year, you plan on pretty much doing the full GLTC package again, kind of depending on schedule.
1: Yeah, depending on schedule, I'd like to um to do, you know, maybe not the full full schedule, but as much as possible. I you know, I love Lime Rock. I'm sure I'll do that again. You can't miss Midwest, so we'll go to Gingerman. Um I'm hoping that they do either split or put more events in the Midwest being there. Um the flyaways are fun, like I said, like Lime Rock and, and walk ins and stuff, but um, it it gets pretty pricey to to do like yes. you know, CMP or if they did, you know, Barber or, you know, hopefully they don't put like Sonoma or something next year, which is also a, a haul from for most of us who are racing it. So
2: or if they you know split. Yeah. Coda's a coda's a long way away.
1: <laughs> coda is a long way. I yeah, I'm 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 not sure I would do coda again, honestly. But it was it was a good bucket list time to race
0: my car there for the first time nice maybe i'll um ooh brian has a car right next to coda maybe i'll uh just fly down and drive brian's car at coda i would love for you to do that that would be great i kind of want that for myself i may. i want that for you too. (laughs) i may talk to brian about that um nice okay um in Gridlife's Life's paddock, how did, how have you found the culture and the paddock vibe to be different from anywhere else that you've spent time in?
1: Less than fifty percent have AARP memberships. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
2: Um, I feel a
0: little targeted by that, but all right. <laughs> Says, says the guy who has reading glasses permanently attached to his shirt yeah
1: <laughs> it um is so much more diverse than any other paddock i've been in and i love it um honestly that was a huge draw for me when i came out of amp last year i was seeing had just how young and diverse that the uh grid life slash gltc grid is and um and how welcoming everyone is. I mean, most for the most part, most paddocks are, are fairly welcoming. Um, some might fly more political flags at other events, which aren't isn't necessarily the best. I think for the racing community, but um, yeah, just seeing all the different people and how well we all get together and and really kind of enjoy each other's company. Like it, it feels like a a family, which is you know, very fast and furious Dominic Toretto of me to say, but it, uh, it definitely has that vibe.
0: Nice. (laughs) And considering that you, you represent several minorities kind of in one, you're, you're like the unicorn for sure. Um, do you find that you have to do anything different in the paddock or do you feel like you have to say things differently walk differently display yourself differently because of those
1: i would definitely say that in other paddocks i have but no in the gltc paddock i definitely feel like i can just be myself and and everyone is super welcoming which again is is so so awesome because you know there's enough times in our lives i don't care who you are but you know where we have to put on a mask and and be someone we we don't want to be and if we're at the place where we have the most passion um the most love for that's not the place you want to wear your mask so i i you know i can say without a doubt that i can be myself in the gltc paddock and you know no one's giving me a side eye and you know no one's talking poorly of me and i can be myself which is um so so nice you know I, I think GLTC has one of the bigger fields of, uh, women racers too. You know, I mean, we have Fiona, um,
0: Savannah. we have
1: Savannah. Yeah. Um, you know, I know Sally McNulty at one point was racing in GLTC.
0: Yep. Tiffany and, used to. Um,
1: yep. Yeah, Tiffany. Um, you know, they've done the scholarship, to get you know, we had Danielle yeah. this, this year to get her into the TL at Mid Ohio. That was great to see. I love talking to her. Yep. I, I I would love, of course, to see more diversity, um, but I know how difficult it is to kind of get into racing. So you know, I'm more than if anyone again, if anyone's listening, if there's anything I can do to help to get more uh, more women into motorsports, I'm more than happy to do it.
0: Hopefully, um, hopefully Lisa will have little red done in time for next year and be able to do a decent season. I know that she had some holdups with her car this year that kind of prevented her from doing more events. So yeah, should be good.
1: I'd love to see Lisa Keys out there again too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, cool. Well, thank you for uh, spending some time with us tonight. Appreciate it.
1: Yeah, um, thanks for listening to my, my story of motorsports and kind of what all brought me to uh, to you guys and, and everyone else yeah. on the grid.
0: Well, God save your soul. Um, is there anybody you need to say hi to, thanks to, kind of uh, shout outs, all that stuff?
1: Um, you know, thanks to ASM certainly for giving me the car to, to race this year anytime there was an issue. I don't think I ever missed a session because the car wasn't ready. So that's pretty incredible. I mean, it costs a lot for us to get out there. And again, I feel so bad that you had issues at Road America, but ASM did great. So thank you, Andy, Dakota, um, all you guys, Tom, for doing some coaching with me. Um, yeah, it, um, you know, I'll throw my sponsors, Koenig and uh, Hawk Brake Pads and uh, Saw Belt was great in getting me my wonderful racing suit that makes me look so good in the car so For we'll sure. to thank all of them
0: nice and where can uh where can people find out more about you if they like if they would like to
1: yeah uh my instagram handle is at one lena chin uh l-e-n-a-c-h-i-n the number one and then uh, you can just look me up on facebook if you want that's just uh, lena chin so
0: awesome well thank yeah. you, Lee. Oh, yeah.
1: Sorry, I also have my YouTube channel. So if you want to look up Lena Chin Racing on YouTube, I have some fun in car videos there.
0: For sure. Okay. And okay. uh yeah, we we shared a moment at CMP. I don't want to say a great moment, but we shared a moment at the kink. Um trying to go three wide through there. That was uh an experience, let's say. You remember <laughs> what I'm talking about? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah okay we'll talk afterwards um but yeah we are at track walking podcast on facebook and instagram track walking chats is kind of really where we hang out on facebook uh if you're interested in uh yeah talking about why the, the, we are the way that we are and why we're all broken uh, that's your place so uh for the three of us i'm scott and i'm seth and i'm lena we'll talk to you next week